be very honored and privileged to have Fadi Al-Hindi, who is the Chief Executive Officer of the Kaful uh, Emirates uh, Insurance Company. And uh, I, I love the, the whole concept of Islamic uh, insurance and the Kaful as a concept. And we're going to do a deep dive in terms of understanding what it is and how it's different. Fadi, welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for being. We uh, appreciate uh, it. It's a privilege. Thank you. Uh, Fadi, just to start with, uh, standard insurance versus the kafu. Sure. What's the difference? So, uh, it's, it's a very good question because uh, people are confused. They think that the kafu insurance is, is only for Muslims. So this is one of the, uh, one of the things that we're trying at the Kaful Emirates to actually change the perception yeah. that uh, the Kaful insurance is for everybody. Sure. Uh, whether you're a Muslim or a non-Muslim, the Kaful insurance uh, is another form of insurance. Yeah. But the, uh, the difference and the, um, the value uh, system of the Takaful model is really amazing because the idea is more of like a set up like a mutual yes. and the company operates, uh, it's more of an operator. So we take a certain uh, administrative percentage fee for managing the portfolio, but all the premiums, all the policies that, that the members buy go into a pool. Yes. We pay the claims out of that. Yes and a certain slice goes for us for the uh, administration. Whatever is left over, unfortunately recently there hasn't been much, much left over, <laughs> but whatever is left over goes back to the policyholders. And we've been, um, we've been actually looking at different uh, models by which we can even have the policyholder uh, specify a particular charity that they would like us to donate uh, the proceeds of what is to go back to them, to go to, the, to, to their charity. You know, you actually touched a, a, a very, very relevant and interesting point, is that people see insurance in a very traditional form. And you're Correct. saying it's a cooperative, it's a mutual, it's a yep. box, everything goes in. And never heard in our modern world uh, that the insurance company, after your claims, is going to actually give you money back. That's correct. So I think this is a PR bonanza for I you. I agree. How do you explain this to people? How do you uh, get this message out there? Very good. So um, I've actually been a CEO of Takafri Marat uh, uh, since January 2018. So I'm, I'm you know, about a year, year and three months. And uh, the whole uh, brand and uh, value proposition of Takafri Marat has changed. Yeah. We wanted to go from um, this kind of uh, company that's in the dark ages yeah. to become, uh, I don't want to oversell it, but the idea is we really wanted to become like a shining beacon of innovation and digitization. Yeah to actually show that it is, all of this stuff is doable and it's not that hard because the technology is at our fingertips. So to answer the question, uh, we've used social media uh, extensively and we do, we like to do these talks and thank you for you know, hosting me. Thank you. Because it's all about people getting a better understanding of the Takaful model. Sure. So if you go on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, you will find our messages from our managing director, Mr. Mohammed Al-Hawari, or myself, yeah. uh, or some of my team, where we're talking about these concepts. We want to get closer to the customer, and we actually want to get uh, closer to being human, and not people that are sitting just collecting premium and paying claims. Looking at insurance, uh, and very often insurance gets a very bad rap. That's correct. Uh, and some of it deservedly so. However, let's take a step back. A thousand years ago, 1500 years ago, when all of these concepts were being set up, insurance actually is the oil that keeps the wheels moving That's for correct. trade. 
That's correct. People don't see it that way. That's correct. And when the kafil was created originally, is because people went out there for trade, and back yeah. home people needed to be looked after. Correct. You had to, if you don't put the insurance on the ship, there is no trade. If you don't put money on that, and there were people attacking them and things like that, so the whole philosophy of it is rooted in trade and communication. That's correct. Why is, doesn't the insurance industry and why don't yourself actually project that? Uh, that's also a very good question and that's what we've uh, been re, uh, restructuring ourselves to do. Actually, um, and, uh, I'm giving a, a talk, uh, a keynote, and we say, unfortunately, there's only uh, one or two touch points that we have with the customer at any in any given year. When they're buying or renewing, and God forbid when they're filing a claim. That's about it, right? Because the industry has shifted uh, with just the, the profit-driven mentality to say, um, okay, the business has to be also socially responsible. And it's not just about the, the bottom line profits. We have to make sure that the customer is also taken care of. So when I was hired, the whole uh, board had the vision of saying, let's build the next generation insure, insurance company that's as digital as it can as it can get, and make sure that we are putting the customer at the center of what we do. So honestly, it's like speaking Chinese these days when we talk about this from an insurance standpoint, because there aren't many people that are looking at customer experience. It's an overused word now, but truly, if you look at the, the things that we have done in 2018, we start with the customer, uh, his or her needs, and the journey, the way that they purchase the insurance, and we try to look at all of the points throughout that journey. And whenever there's a friction, we try to either improve it or eliminate it. And, uh, and again, you know, we've, we've been at it a very short period of time, but we've had some very good successes so far. You know, when I look at the insurance industry, I feel it's one of those industries, and I put it up on my disruption list, <laughs> uh, as one of the industries which is ripe for disruption as, as we speak. What I find is that people are just sort of literally pruning the leaves and not going to the roots of, yeah. the, of the issue. Uh, how should we reinvent the insurance industry? Deep down, the way that products are built in insurance are very archaic and they're very heavily rooted in uh, underwriting and risk management. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But the point is that we need to re reinvent uh, products yeah. for the digital age. So simply taking a product as is and putting it on a digital channel, you, it's just e-bureaucracy, right? That's and that's exactly my and that's point. what happens, yeah. right? That's yeah. what happens. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same form, and we've seen this. Yeah. We've seen like a, a life application for a life policy taken as is, just converted into a digital uh, screen. Yeah. But then the exact same process is running in the back office. We haven't done anything. Yeah. The idea is that all of the underpinnings of the product itself has, yeah. uh, has to change. But there's a trick to this. If regulation is not going to help you change it, yeah. you are still going to be stuck. And you have to work and keep working and picking away at it yeah. to actually be able to structure the product in digital from inception. Indeed. Yeah. So the way I see it is that uh, in, uh, you know, in, in the modern digital world, uh, we are now on the 40th, 42nd doubling on Moore's Law. The yeah. curve is going up like that. If I was an actuary, I would have a nightmare. Mm -hmm. uh, so all my actuarial work in an exponential world where things are exploding and then converging, we don't even know what's going to happen. Is all of your actuarial work now going to AI systems as we are in an AI conference and becoming very technological? 
or is it still with human beings? Uh, we are on the journey of transformation. So we are, uh, we are putting in systems now that does the uh, actuarial, uh, or like to say the risk assessment for policies and so on and so forth. Uh, but the, the actuarial studies themselves, uh, we haven't gotten into the digitization of those per se. Yeah. We've been more focused on the customer side. So I would imagine that as we move forward, they, we would have to look into that. But quite frankly, if you look at the investment that we're doing in AI now, it's all about uh, claims processing, fraud detection, uh, speeding up the uh, underwriting, which is the actual policy issuance. That's where we're shifting AI and, and trying to get it focused. And it's not the AGI that you were talking about in your talk earlier. It's more of the narrowly focused AI. Uh, and this is what we want, actually. I'm good friends with uh, Basil Hindawi. Oh, uh, fantastic. And Basil and I have this conversation regularly, is that the insurance industry in general is complacent mm -hmm. and defending themselves as long as they possibly can, rather than proactively going out there to change. Because by definition, the moment they start changing, they'll have to chop their legs off and do something completely different. So that's the first question, is can that complacency be converted into activity, uh, proactive uh, activity? Let's ask this question first. How can we get the insurance companies in general terms, out of their complacency. Maybe not a couple Emirates by, the, by yourself, but others I Because we've done that, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 2018, we've done this, this, and this, and this, yeah, and yeah. we're growing new limbs and trying to look at it differently and out of the box. Yeah. But um, to me, it's very simple. Uh, you and I briefly chatted about exponential organization. I think we have to get ready for change and disruption. Yeah. Um, and we have to be the ones that initiate it, or we're going to be disrupted from somebody from outside the industry. It's that simple. Sure. So we either have to, the CEOs and the, the chief uh, level executives have to understand that if they don't do that fundamental change, it's not going to be an option uh, down the road. One of the way the insurance industry works is that uh, you obviously they get all the premiums and they are very patient, uh, long-term investors, in infrastructure projects and yeah. so on. So they play a role within that function. Most of the, the biggest insurance companies are international insurance companies. So you know, we get the premiums from here and the premiums go overseas, yeah. invested in alternative projects. You as a regional insurance company, isn't that an amazing sell that you're getting the money from, from this region and deploying it back in the region? Because I've always felt why don't the local insurance companies say, folks, we're getting a premium, but reinvesting in projects here, in Sharia-compliant projects, in uh, helping schools and children projects, in uh, healthcare projects, things like that. That's, I mean, for, uh, first of all, Takaful insurers have to make sure that they're investing in Sharia-compliant uh, investment and vehicles, yeah. investment vehicles. So a lot of our investments are in Sukuks and real estate and things that are in the region. Um, the part that we have not that much control of, because again, now we're going back to regulation, the reinsurers are global. Lloyd's of London and uh, Munich Re and a lot of these global players. Those we cannot force them to make the investments uh, in here for the portion that they take out of the premium. But for the stuff that's under our control, we're definitely vested in the region. Okay. We are at an AI conference. Yep. Uh, how do you see yourself in 10 years' time? Um, We've, uh, we've actually partnered with uh, uh, the uh, Stanford University Data Science Program, an AI program, and we've spent about a year with them 
looking at algorithms and data and AI and that type of thing, because we really wanted to make an impact, um, and we wanted that our AI approach is not uh, marketing or, um, uh, we want it to be pragmatic and, and impactful. So the interesting thing, and we also embarked on a massive culture transformation. You can see it's all on LinkedIn. We've published a lot of this stuff. Uh, the interesting thing is that we've started with AI and automation and trying to do, do more with less and everything. And as time is progressing, what we're finding is that people's jobs are changing. And as a chief executive, I'm finding myself spending more time with people ops, actually talking about, all right, what are we going to do with these people? Because now we're not going to let them go, but now their job is changing. And uh, now that the resistance is dropping in the organization, because with robotic process automation that we've been deploying, people are seeing that the robots and AI can actually remove a lot of the mundane work. So they're actually coming and saying, let's automate this, let's automate this, get rid of this for me they're finding that their jobs are moving to higher level functions. Yeah. So in 10 years, what I'm hoping is that uh, all mundane works should, you know, and manual processing and data crunching and everything should be done by robots yeah. and AI and only kicked out to a human for exception processing. And we're using our brain for creativity and coming up with the things that are value adding for, added for our customers. One of the case studies I was working on is a company called Trove and uh, it's, it's a youth-based uh, product. And it was initially designed around uh, the Y and the Z generation. Yeah. Because they think differently, they think through social media. And for them, this is like the Tinder of insurance, you know, you're in and you're out. Um, so why don't we just reinvent insurance and then say, I drive a car when it's at home, out. And when I drive the car for two hours, it's in. I'm wearing a beautiful necklace or an expensive watch or something, it's in. When I put it in the safe, it's out. In other words, insurance on the go, insurance for five seconds, insurance for one hour, changing the whole formula. With the blockchain components and the KYC pieces in there and the AI pieces in there, this can actually be done. And this will fundamentally change the insurance industry. Uh, what yes. are your thoughts on that? I agree. Okay, fine, <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. No, because you know, for, for me, when I, when I saw that, I think, hmm, this is a perfect I concept of looking at an industry and say, the shift is happening because a new generation is coming in who behaves differently, you know, in and out. Yeah. You got Trove, Slice, Lemonade, Lemonade so many other companies, yes. these insure techs turned into insurance companies right. that basically are moving towards usage-based insurance. Yes. And this is really where we need to get to. And honestly, it's a massive restructuring for anybody that is not if you're going to take the traditional system and yeah. try to make it usage-based, it's a massive effort. Sure. But I think that's the future. My, my concern, uh, like the, the other big uh, tech companies are doing, uh, the moment an AI company becomes remotely interesting and remotely effective yeah. and has a, a simple data set that they can work on, they go and buy it and throw stupid money at it and buy it and then park it in the back. Mm. Can you see that happening with the big insurance companies looking at Slice, Lemonade, and Trove and oh, yeah, saying, yeah. capture it, throw it away? Um, what we've seen are a lot of the large Western insure, insurance yeah. companies actually uh, creating these uh, agreements with these insure techs yeah. for running certain products for them and certain channels. Right. Because um, our, our research has shown that uh, CEOs are not 
they want to change and they've actually deployed projects for change, but they don't know where the end, you know, where, where they need to reach. Um, and it just, it's uncertain how they're going to get there. Sure. So they are more and more relying on these insure techs to actually help them with the Generation Z and the Millennials and all of this by helping them deploy those products. Now, whether they're going to buy and integrate, I mean, you know, it's, I don't know, it could, it could happen. But uh, uh, for now, I'm seeing a whole lot more of partnerships and a whole lot more companies that are getting set up to actually help the traditional insurers become closer to the customer. But I want to just come back to one question that you asked about usage-based. The most important thing about any new innovative product that we're going to be introducing is the regulator. Because at the end, I can innovate until the cows come home, but if that product cannot be released to the market or I'm going to be penalized if I release that product to the market, then you know it's not going to be of any any value. Sure. Uh, but a lot of these things are pre-legal at the moment anyway, yeah. so I, I, I totally understand that. Last question is talent. How do you attract talent in the Gulf of Emirates? Where do you get the best people? Are you sexy enough to be able to attract the best? We've, uh, we've reached a point, uh, I'm actually very proud to, to be at a point where we are seen as a very progressive and innovative organization, and they're poaching our people on, on constantly, good. right? Yeah. So we know that we've, we're that attractive company where talent people are looking for. The challenge that we're having now is that we have, uh, because we've set up things differently and we have all of these advanced uh, technologies and concepts and thinking, the people that are coming in, we put them kind of like a, through a training program internally, uh, through mentorship and training and so on and so forth, especially that we have a very, very open, we have a very open uh, culture, we have an open office space. Uh, I sit uh, you know, with everybody, I don't have an office. Um, we don't have a punch in and punch out. It's a very Google-like environment. So uh, it's very attractive for people that want to join Takaful Emirat. The, uh, the challenge that we're beginning to, uh, actually what we're trying to figure out now is that we're not going to be able to stop anybody from leaving. You know, at the end, if somebody wants to move on to another organization and they have a better opportunity, that's you know, great, you know, uh, wonderful for them. Uh, but we have to make sure that we keep uh, the long-term view. The people that have the long-term view are the ones that we want to retain and the ones that we want to keep, um, you know, for us. But to answer your question, it's not an easy, it's not an easy find. Sure. Especially when you bring in junior people that actually get trained and then immediately become attractive uh, to the market. Uh, that's the challenge. I've had the challenge all my life. Yeah. Uh, Fadi, is there anything that I may have missed that you would like to talk about or mention that we can pick up? Uh, nothing that I could think of. It's just uh, really we feel honored to be given this opportunity. Thank you so much. This, is, uh, this is great. I think we a good intellectual conversation, <laughs> actually. Uh, Fadi, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. So. For